This is Propulsion, the financial professional's catalyst to exponential growth. Are you a driven and ambitious financial professional, but you are finding it hard to break through to the next level? Or are you struggling to build and run your practice successfully? Join Francois Dutoy, a leading consultant and trainer, as he interviews not only the experts, but also people you have never heard of before, but who have done amazing things about how they run their practices, the challenges they face, how they overcome those challenges, their failures, which tech has improved their business, how their revenue models work, and other practical aspects. We go deep so you can learn as much as possible. And here is your host, Francois Dutoy. Good morning, Kim. Welcome to the show. Hi, Francois. Thanks for having me. What an influence. What an How's that video? <laughs> it's awesome. Eh? <laughs> it's on fire. Um, so, yeah, just maybe, I, I think many people know of Kim Potgieter. Uh, if you're anywhere near LinkedIn or anywhere on social media or in the news, or you listen to, to radio shows and things, you should have heard uh, either Kim speak or at least you've seen her somewhere. Uh, maybe you don't know her personally, but uh, I think so many of us in the, in the profession knows about Kim Potgieter. So um, Kim is a leading authority on holistic financial planning, and she's helped hundreds of clients put money in its right place. And I really like, like that's, that's the thing that many of us struggle with. Um, and she does that as a tool towards leading the life they really want. So very focused on lifestyle planning and, and that. Um, so, so really amazing work that she's been doing. Uh, we know that she's a, a registered finance, certified financial planner. She's a professional certified coach uh, with the International Coach Federation. She's certified Dare to Lead. Uh, that's Brene Brown, if I'm not mistaken. And a new story mentor coach. Uh, and then she also, uh, something that uh, I, think, I think few people know, is that she has an industrial and clinical psychology degree as well, which helps her a lot in assisting her clients with their relationship with money and changing money habits uh, that they don't deserve. Uh, Kim has uh, written her first book back in 2015. It was called Retirement. Uh, you know, many people may think that that's a spelling mistake, but it was meant to be retirement. Uh, to get more meaning from your money uh, and that was back in 2015 and now she's uh, written another book which I'll be talking to her about but uh, Kim welcome and uh, before we talk about the book I really want to get into your story of how you one landed up in financial planning and why you do this amazing I don't want to call it a job because it's a calling I think um, and if I look at you it's definitely a massive calling for you but but where did this originate from how did this all start uh, yeah very interesting to hear that story Thanks, Francois. Have we got a long time this morning, eh? There's <laughs> <laughs> quite a lot there. When you're talking about my, my CV there, I, I'm going, oh, my gosh, this is like a hell of a mouthful. But it's been an exciting journey. It's, it, it's been an absolutely incredible journey. And, and your guess from um, all, that, all those qualifications that you had to read out, I love learning. And my big thing is I love learning. And when I love learning, I love sharing it. I'm, I'm not one of these people that learn for the sake of it. I just want to share it. And hence where, where the books come in. It, it's me sharing for, for myself, um, you know, everything I've learned for this industry. Again, what you said is so true. This is not a job for me. Every single day that I wake up, I do believe I earn a paycheck. I love what I do and I just happen to get paid for it. And, and I, I, I like to encourage people to think like that. Where did it all come from? I think, you know, for, for it was a second career that I came into at the age of 37. Um, I had studied psychology at university. I'd been working, but deep down inside, 
I wanted to be um, helping people with their relationship with money. I, I wasn't quite sure. Age of 22, wrote Di Turpin uh, a letter and it said to her, you know, I, I really want to come into the industry and help the industry because I believe the industry needs to focus more on the person and less on just the money and investments. And she wrote me back saying, you know, really good luck. Ten years on, I um, was having a a well, we could, you're going to ask me just now, you said about which age midlife is, but it's whenever you're anticipating a major change. And for me in my 30s, there came a time where I wanted a change. And I had to ask myself then what it was I really wanted to do. And I, I remembered it was, it was inside me. I wanted to help people with their relationships with money. And I went to study more in psychology. And while I was doing it, it was an aha moment for me, France. I thought, nobody goes to a psychologist to talk around money. Nobody. Everybody goes to see their financial planner. And then I had to learn about your industry and I had to learn how to become a financial planner. I had to, I mean, I remember contract, contacting Andrew Bradley, who was the head of Access at the time because I'd read his article and I thought, wow, this is, a, this is what I want to be, you know, a financial planner that, that has these kind of um, ideas and philosophies. And he said to me, Kim, you need to get a, a certified financial planner. And I'm embarrassed to say, but I had to go and research what it was then registered to study it and then come into the industry. Because as he said, no one in the industry, I couldn't do this work unless I had the proper kind of qualifications. So, so that's what I did. And then I entered the industry, yeah, it's 13 years ago as an administrator working at Chartered Wealth Solutions. And yeah, the rest been history at Francois. I mean, I, it's 13 years now in the industry. And yes, I am quite a big mouth. So a lot of people have got to hear me. But it's a passion to put your clients first. And yeah, absolutely love this industry. Yeah, amazing. And there's, there's, there's a couple of times that you mentioned you reach out to this person and to that person, even at the age of 22. And I think that's a big lesson for many of us, uh, just in terms of, you know, how do you get where you want to go is by reaching out to other people and not being afraid to reach out. I mean, because even at the tender age of 22, I mean, that must be a massive thing to, to reach out to somebody uh, who in, in your mind at that point in time is at a certain level uh, in their career as well, you know. So I think there's there's a big lesson just just in that. Um, obviously, we're very happy that you that you made this move and, and are able to add a lot of value to the industry. And that's the big thing that I really enjoy, Kim, is that I mean, you could have kept all of this for yourself. You could have just you know focused on giving all of this to clients and really go out there and just do that. But you also do a lot of work in the profession in order to help. I know you're involved in a lot of. Um, sort of, I want to call them communities or networking groups and so forth. I know a woman in finance is a big one for you, uh, but you're very involved everywhere uh, to, to also help elevate the profession and, and, and give back to the profession. Um, and I think that is, that's, that's amazing that, that you're doing that. So very happy that that's uh, happening. Um, then, uh, yeah, so let's, let's do delve into the book um, because I do want to get uh, as deep as possible into into the book. I'm really excited about about this new book that you've uh, released recently. It's not just been released; it's been released now a, a little bit, like almost a month. Is it? When was it released? I think two weeks. Two weeks. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but time flies so quickly. You can't. <laughs> so awesome. Um, so Kim's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so Kim's book is called The Midlife Money Makeover. Um, and uh, it is an interesting book, uh, to say the least. So uh, let's get into it. Uh, I mean, Kim, what, what sparked the book? I mean, where did this come from? If you think you started off with retirement, I know your focus is a lot on helping people either in retirement or moving into retirement uh, to help them design the life and then match the money to that. But where did the, the midlife money makeover come from? 
probably got something to do with the fact that I, I'm in, I've entered my 50s. Uh, so, so, so I'm in, in that midlife transition. That was one of the big reasons. But Francois, it also was because when I'm working with people in retirement, and it is what I do every day, um, help people near at in retirement. But the, the advice that they keep giving me is, Kim, only if only someone had spoken to me about this when I was younger, if only I'd done this when I was younger. So I knew deep down as I finished retirement from all the interviews that I'd done with people that there was another book coming and it was for a younger group. So it was to start it early. I also realized from the book Retirement what was needed. You know, now working with people, people needed to be able to have some tools to improve their relationship with money. You know, when they come and see all of us as financial planners, um, and we're telling them where to invest their money. But what we're not doing necessarily is helping them with their relationship with money. So in this new book, there's a huge focus around your relationship with money. And then the third element that I realized that was so important was more self-awareness work. And as you mentioned, I went to study with Brené Brown overseas and her work is revolutionary. And I've brought it in in the concept of money and how do you redesign this next chapter of your life by doing some self-awareness work. So there, there was a number and also I was just getting more and more stories. I, I mean, I, I love my clients. They, they are so happy to share their stories. And I believe if we can share stories, we can share tools, we can really change people's um, relationship with money and we can have way more clients as an industry because all of a sudden we, we're having people that are focusing on their money they're taking it seriously and that that's been a huge drive for me in writing the books and always all the way through the books both retirement and midlife money makeover I'm saying you can't do this on your own do this work take it to your financial planner have these discussions with your financial planner it is essential in life that you have a financial planner so it's my way of promoting the industry it's my way of encouraging people to get um, financial planners and and yeah um, that's been the focus of this new book yeah awesome um so tell me then uh, so let's get into this like what does midlife mean because now i i don't know like last year i turned 45 um, and I don't know, a flip switch. I don't know what happened. A lot of things that I never worried about, I suddenly started worrying about without, it just happened automatically. So is there something that sparks this thought to us that say, well, maybe we should review where we are. We may be sort of halfway. I mean, does the biological clock play any role there? Um, you know, or is it a mindset thing? Is it a feeling? Is it, um, is it an age thing? You know, like what is midlife? <laughs> So, I mean, officially as a definition in, in my book and from the research, 45 up is midlife. So, year year. <laughs> sorry, sorry. But I, you know what? It's not It's not something that you should not want. Uh, it, it, it's something for me where you're bringing incredible wisdom. So, I do believe and I firmly believe that this can be your best chapter yet. So, so. But it requires that you put a little bit of work into it, a little bit of reflection into it. And actually, you, you do it with some kind of intention. So, Francois, don't be scared of it. It's not this midlife crisis everybody talks about. And I think so many people go, oh, even when I've been interviewed on the radio now, about, oh, tell, tell us about the midlife crisis. No, that's not the message I'm giving at all. The message I'm giving is um, let's do this kind of work. And then all of a sudden, it's not a crisis. I mean, we're not going out there buying new cars, changing relationships. But what we are doing there is we're listening. So you say, how does how do you know when it comes? It's that little voice that's talking to you. We all have this little voice, and it's not this big noisy one in our heads. It's the small one that's coming from inside of us that's saying, 
is this all I'm meant to be? Is this what I'm meant to do with my life? And it's stopping us. And if we listen, most people don't listen because they don't like change and they just ignore it. But, but my encouragement in the book is that you listen to it and you do the work and then you're going to take your, your, your next chapter up to one of huge significance and value as, as opposed to being one of the statistics and saying, oh, I had a midlife crisis. Yeah, I think we, we, we inexplicitly link the word crisis to midlife for because yeah. that's how we always hear it. I'm just thinking, yeah, like I've, I'm, I always have time for just, just for, a, for a quirky joke, but maybe because when you reach midlife, you know why this is the best part of your life ahead of you now is, well, one, apart from all the experience and things you've got, it's downhill from here. So you can really pick up speed and do things much quicker than you did uh, previously, you know. Um, but what I do I've want got, to ask I've you. To, I've got to disagree with you quickly because for me, what it is, not downhill. Well, for me, what it is, is you've accumulated all of this knowledge. You've mm. actually dropped a whole lot of the the the, the things that you worry about that you now realize that is not that important and and now you can make much better decisions a lot faster if if, if you if you open and your mindset's right because you because you're actually cleverer <laughs> so. yeah absolutely so you have momentum that's what you have <laughs> all right so um what do most people struggle with when it comes to to midlife when, once you realize that oh maybe there's like as you say it's it's actually a little voice so it's a feeling it's a it's becoming aware that you know what, somewhere I'm, I'm not in a different place. And for some people, that's very like, oh, what's going on? Uh, for other people, it's amazing, um, you know, but, but what do you find that when it comes to midlife, what do most people then struggle with when they realize that they, well, they decide that they're there? Well, Francois, I think the first thing is that we don't like change. We as people do not like change. So when something like this happens, it's much easier to dig ahead in the sand and ignore that there's change happening. So I, I think that's the number one. The number two is people don't really want to go um, into their mindset. And, and it is completely a mindset. So, you know, earlier we were hearing in the wellness section, your thoughts, okay, your, your, your thoughts going on in your head. And when you get getting into midlife, you go, oh, my gosh, I'm getting into midlife. I absolutely hate this. I don't want to be there. So if you're doing that, then you're going to have a negative anticipation of this. Whereas if you're doing it, where I'm, I'm in midlife and I want to make sure that the next chapter I'm not disappointed and I get to live my life to its fullest, then all of a sudden that completely changes. So mindset, huge, and, and I think just absolutely the, 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 the acceptance that change is happening, not to fight it, to go with it, and, and, and actually put the intention into it being what you want it to be. Yeah, um, I just want to add, I, that was just a quirky joke about that I made about the downhill thing. I know it's not like that. I just want to add that uh, people don't always get my humor. Um, so just if somebody was listening and thinking, oh, Francho, you're such a negative person, that's not, not the point. Um, so what are the opportunities presented? Um, you know, so, so that's what we, what we started. I think you've alluded to some of this. But what are the biggest opportunity, uh, you know, in, in being in midlife or, or reaching midlife? Um, and, and then also, like... If somebody has been in this position, but and, and they've been there for quite a long time, but they haven't really done anything about it because they thought like they don't know what's going on, they don't know why they feel like like they feel, you know, is there a point where like should this happen in midlife, or if you've moved past midlife, is this too late? Uh, so what are the opportunities presented? Yeah, and, and that people should, should should just grab with both hands. 
So, so you definitely, it's never too late. I mean, don't you, I mean, I get these questions all the time from people who come in even to discuss their retirements and say, you know, it's too late now. I haven't looked after my investments. I haven't done what I've, what I've meant to do. And I always say, it's never too late. It's way better to still get a plan in place. So, so if, if, if you, at any stage, you can still get your plan. I mean, it might just be very different plan to somebody that's been planning for a lot longer. So, and, and also, I mean, I've had some really great feedback about the book, people who've read it in their 20s and people who are reading it in their 70s and saying, but Kim, it absolutely applies to me. I think the big thing in this book, I've called it midlife, but it's about change. How, how do I make the changes I want to have the life that, that, that I really want to be leading? And, and, and so, yes, I don't think there's any age specific in it. I think you just need to have that mindset that, that you're looking for the change. And, and Francois, a lot of it is um, where people don't realize that money is the enabler. So that's why in, in the book, the life and the money part are so interconnected because what I'm trying to tell people is, is, is money is your enabler. Make sure you're looking after it. Otherwise, there's so much that you're not going to be able to do because you, ha you haven't got a proper plan in place for your money that's going to give you the freedom to do the things that you really want to do in this, in this midlife of your in, in life. Yeah. So let's get, let's get a little bit practical, Kim, um, because like when you have to go through this change, I know that the books, the, 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 the sub headline uh, sort of talks about an easy to follow process. And there's a four step process that uh, sort of you, you outline in the book uh, of where to start and how you actually go through this midlife money makeover. So uh, can we talk a little bit about uh, just what are those four steps? Because I like what you have called them. It's, it's quite awesome. I, I like the, 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 the play on on the play buttons and all of that. Um, so, so talk us a little bit through that and then we'll, we'll just delve in a little bit. So, so just what are the four steps? And then I'll get into, into what, the, uh, what each of them actually entail. So, Francis, so just before we get to the four steps, it, it was very much for me, I was playing on a bit of a musical theme um, in, in the sense that what's the song in your head? What's the song of your next chapter going to look like? So, 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 so that's hence, hence some of those. Because what I wanted people to know is that the first stop place that they need to go in life is to pause. It, it, you know, we... we we, we talk about it. We're so busy. We, we, we're so busy doing all of these things that are so urgent and chasing them so that we don't lack like, reflect. Even Lilani was mentioning that she's working through this with her husband. It, it's so important just to take that time out to be able to do it. So for, for me, where, where you need to start, start is to pause, is to give yourself some time away, time, you know, that where, where you're going to focus on, on what it is you're trying to create with your life. So that's definitely for me the main place. And then once you've done that, it's then to say, okay, what do I need to, you know, you're reflecting on it. What, what has really worked for me and, and what do I need to take out? Because they're, they're definitely, you know, coming through this first chapter of our life, there's, there's things that we've, we've picked up. And, and I talk a lot in the book about your beliefs around money. There's a lot of beliefs we've got about what, what we should be in midlife. There's a lot of beliefs around what other people think of us. And, and, and my, my whole feeling is around, you know, it, it's time now to, to work, see what's worked and what hasn't worked. And then the important part is now to start editing because you need to get rid of some of the stuff that hasn't been working. Why do we need to just keep what's, what hasn't been working going forward and going forward and going forward? So it's, it's, it's this, this editing section of our lives where we edit out some and we make sure we keep what's really worked for us. And then finally, it, it, it's to play. I mean, life is serious. It is 
it, it really is. And if you can get to a place in your life where you are also earning a paycheck, I mean, obviously, I'm encouraging everybody to do that. There's no need to retire in the formal sense where you will no longer be working because what you've done is you've constructed a life where, where, where actually you're still contributing and you can contribute for a lot longer. Your investments have time to grow and, and, and you, you just really are living this much more meaningful life, which I think so many of us want. And I think COVID has, has been a wake-up call for us where we're saying, you know, let's stop worrying about this instant gratification, getting what we want right now. Let's put the planning in place and, and, and let's do the work so that, that, that this next chapter can be the best one yet. Yeah, I, I love the play check. I don't know if people caught that, but the a play check. Um, well, that I actually so, learned from Mitch Anthony, Francis. So you talk about okay. people. Like, he was one of the people, I mean, uh, the people who've heard my story before, how I brought life planning into Chartered Well Solutions was was going and spending a week with Mitch in the States where where he taught me. I, I've had the most incredible journey where people have been so generous at teaching me. And, and, and I think that's why for me also important with the books and uh, talking as much as I can is I, I have it inside me that that because people have been so generous with me that I want to share this with our industry because because together and shows like what you're doing and amazing work that people are doing this is what's taking our industry forward as a professional industry it's what's taking us to the next level so yeah it, it's just a wonderful opportunity to to be able to share via books as well yeah definitely and it I mean this is something that uh, I, Thinking about it, this is a book that will be evergreen. It's not a book that are based on current events and current. This is things that you'll be able to use. If if somebody picks this up fifty years from now, it's going to be extremely valuable to them, in my in my opinion. So was that was that sort of one of the main drivers as well to make sure that this will be an everlasting book? Uh, was that part of, of of the process? I can't say I ever I thought of it exactly like that, but what I was putting in the book are all the difficult conversations that we can't ever have. If I can tell you the number of people that come in and tell me how money is just one of those topics that nobody will talk to you about, that they feel so awkward talking about, and it's as if it makes you feel totally naked when, when you're talking about your money. You, you know, you go to that most vulnerable place because people have a lot of shame when it comes to whether they've got a lot, whether they haven't got a lot. So I, I really put in the book conversations around what you could have with your partner, what you could be having with yourself, what, what, you, what you should be having with your financial planner that you might feel awkward having. And, and so for me, that was really a, a big driver in the book was, you know, courageous conversations that you can't really have. I'm now giving you full permission to have them because it's there. And, and once you've had them with yourself, you, you're much more inclined to be able to feel like you can have it with somebody else. Yeah. And what is the, I mean, you've been doing this for such a long time, Like, what is the main reason why people feel like that, that they can't talk or they don't want to, they, they're avoiding that subject. I mean, I, I had a conversation on the weekend with someone as well, the same story, you know, it's like, uh, and myself, it's like, sometimes I know I need to be looking at certain things, but I avoid it. I don't want to deal with it. Um, like where, where does it stem from mostly? Cause I know I, I would assume that it's, it's different for everybody, but is there an overarching theme? Um, you know, why don't we want to, well, one, even in my, in my private capacity, if I'm here and I need to look at certain things in terms of financials for the business or my personal finances or whatever, like, why do we sometimes avoid just sitting down and doing that? Um, and then obviously, like to have those conversations then with someone else is even worse. But but why is it so bad for, for, for people? 
So Francois, it actually, I mean, I've done a lot of work and, and, and the work I did is with somebody by the name of David Kruger. Um, he, he's the new money story coach. Very much our beliefs around money and our relationship with money is formed by the age of seven. So most of us don't even understand that we have a relationship with money. We don't even understand what it is. So I, I like to take clients back and, and to realize where it's come from, what it is. Because we've been taught. So you're saying, why don't we like to talk about it? We're taught by our parents. We're taught about people around us. Like money is a taboo topic. Don't talk about money. You know, people who've got any class don't talk about money. So, so, so there's so many false beliefs that we were, we were taught about money. We also attach all these emotions to money, that money is power, money is love, money is uh, freedom. So we, we've got all these words, but, but money isn't. All, all money is, is is this form of exchange. So we've attached all these emotions to it. We've got all these beliefs around it. And, and, and actually what, what we've done is we, we, we've made it become a huger thing in our life because we're not dealing with it, we're not talking about it, it grows and grows and grows. And then we've got these bad relationships and these bad habits that we, we're doing around our money. So for me, it's to, 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 to have those conversations, to dispel all of that, because in real terms, um, I think also, you know, maybe as an industry or maybe as, as, as in the financial world, people think of it, oh, that's the thing that's so complicated. I can't do it. I don't understand it. And, and, and really, it, it's not. And, and really what it is, first and foremost, before we even start investing and doing all of that, it's accepting we have a relationship with money. It's dispelling, editing out some of those false beliefs we've got about it, putting it in the right place and actually just getting it to go out there and work for us as opposed to us keeping it all the time as, as something we're chasing and not quite understanding. Yeah, cool stuff. I want to know, in the book, you talk about, uh, well, there's a few tools that you offer as part of the book, because this is a very practical book as well. It's not just a, a read it book, it's actually a doing book as well. Um, so what are maybe one or two of the tools that, that is offered in the book, and that is, is like you feel maybe the most valuable tools? I don't know if it's fair if you've got this stuff to, to say which one is your favorite. But, My favorite. Um, <laughs> but but maybe one or two tools that's offered in the book uh, that that can help people uh, with this okay so, so Francois, as you're saying the way i constructed the book is very much a working book um if you're going to just read it yes you'll get something out of it but, but to do the work is the important part so right the way through the book i call the midlife reflections so in the book, there are 33 midlife reflections that you can do. These are actually questions that you need to ask. I've then constructed it into a journal. So you can get the journal separately and you can work through the book and then you can answer the questions in your journal, which, which really helps. You know, it's hard for you to say to me, which is my favorite one. I've learned from incredible people. So again, the book is not just my insights. I, I had the privilege to, to spend a week with Chip Conley at the Modern Elder Academy in Mexico and learn all about this midlife transition. I've used um, Brené Brown's, uh, some of her kind of questions around self-awareness. I've also worked uh, with, with um David Kruger around how do you make your new money story so you can have one money story and now you may need to make another money story. And then it's the incredible insights of the client. So at each and every opportunity, I share a story of what a client has said about it. So it's one of these real stories. It's not stories where you can't relate and you, and you can't feel yourself in it. These are people who have done it. These are people that have been through it and their kind of insights and, and learnings from it. So for me, that's important. Again, my favorite exercise in the book and I think it came while I was busy writing it. COVID hit. 
Um, my husband was diagnosed with cancer and, and I had to ask myself the question around, so now Kim, all the planning, all the planning, you have everything so perfect, but really you don't. What do you do when uncertainty comes? And, and how do you then pick yourself up, get back out there and carry on doing the work that you've been doing? So for me, probably my favorite exercise is the timeline exercise where you go back and you see sometimes when things go wrong in your life, the challenges, how they make you be better in, um, coming forward. Because often when you're in those challenges, you can't see your way out of it. So I'm going to take that as my favorite. And that's the first person that's asked me that question. So you really caught me. But I, I think... You know, if I say it's it's the timeline, it, it's going back, looking what's been before, and knowing that you have everything inside yourself that's going to take you forward. Um, uh, to, you know, you have everything inside you to take you forward. Good stuff. So, um, how can financial advisors use your book to help their clients? Is that uh, how, you know, is there any any guidance on that? If financial advisors are reading the book, obviously there's a lot of. I always say, like whatever we're learning, we first need to apply it to our own lives and make it our own and really go through the process ourselves because then you get a deeper understanding, but also you can then talk with a lot more authority. I think you'll have less of an imposter syndrome if you just see something and then try and implement it, but you haven't really gone through it yourself. So that'll help with that whole, whole, whole thing there. But, but in your opinion, you know, uh, well, one, should, should financial advisors be using this book to help their clients? And then how can they do that? So, Francois, you are on the mark. I mean, if you're not prepared to even read these kind of this work or delve into it, clients will pick up if you're not being authentic on it. So, so, so you need to have you need to first of all believe in it and 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 resonate with it, and then you can comfortably have the conversations with your clients. So, there's a few ways. Definitely read it yourself. Another way is then to encourage your clients to do this work and then come and discuss it with you. And another way is just pick one or two of the exercises, have those, you know, the reflections and do that with your client. They will feel that you really are truly adding value to them. They will feel that, that, that they are the center and that you, you care enough about them. I know many financial planners, even with my book, Retirement, used to buy it for their clients, write a message in the beginning, because all the way through I go, now discuss this with your financial planner. So I, I think you, you can work it in multiple ways, but have the conversations. And I think as we are grappling as an industry about our value proposition, um, I definitely do believe strongly. And again, this comes from work I've done with Mitch Anthony. We are here to give our clients both return on investment and return on life. And, and all of the insights in this book help you understand the midlife reflection, help you understand a lot of the stories that your clients have got going on in their heads and maybe they just haven't had anybody to talk to them about. So they are so grateful when you're the one that brings it up. Awesome stuff. So Kim, uh, where can people learn more about you, the book? Uh, where can they connect with you? If they're interested to do that, uh, where can they find you? I'd love them to connect with me. I'm on all the social media platforms, as you said in the beginning. I have a website, kimportgetter.com. Obviously, I've got Chartered Well Solutions, which, which, which is work that we do with the clients. And then um, if you want to get the book, I've got an online store on, on my website where you can buy it, as well as all good bookstores, Amazon, 
I've had brilliant pu publishers. Um, Media24 have been incredible publishers. They've managed to really get the book out there. And if anybody wants to know more about the book on, on Tuesday night, I'm doing a, a launch, which you can, it's an online launch because we can't have face-to-face -face launches. But, um, I'm having an online one, which you can book for on, on my website as well, and then come and learn more about the book. Awesome. I love it. So, Kim, thank you very much. Uh, I hope that people are going to go out and get the book. Uh, you can also, I think, get it on, on Amazon as a, in, in the Kindle version. Is it available in, in, in Kindle? Yes, it, it, it's on in Kindle as well. For, for anybody overseas, I mean, that's the, the best option to get it on Kindle. I'm still, maybe it's because of my age, but I absolutely love holding my book, you know, yep. if I'm here in South Africa. And, and the journals are available off, off my website if you want to work through it with the journal and the book. Yeah, awesome stuff. Kim, thank you so much for your time this morning. I really appreciate it. I hope you had fun and uh, that it was a good conversation as much as it was for me. So uh, best of luck and I uh, hope to see you somewhere in person soon. I look forward to it. Thank you for listening to Propulsion. If you found this episode valuable, please subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes or your favorite podcasting platform. This will help us tremendously. For more about Propulsion and other valuable information, please visit our website at propulsion.co.za.